0: Listen, it's time now to hear the quiet revolution. Revolution, 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 revolution. revolution. Welcome back. You're listening to A Quiet Revolution, presented for you by faculty and former graduate students and a current graduate student at Montana State University. Today, we are on the University of Wisconsin campus in Madison, Wisconsin, sitting around the campfire on Picnic Point with Dr. Berju Elpican, former PhD student at Montana State University. Now, Dr. Elpican is a postdoctoral associate studying plant, soil, microbe, interactions here at the University of Wisconsin. I first met Berju when she was a PhD student in our department, Plant Sciences and Plant Pathology, and became a TA, a teaching assistant, for my course, Health, Poverty and Agriculture, Concepts and Action Research. She began to read my book, Incorporating Culture's Role in the Food and Agricultural Sciences. She understood, amazingly, and quickly the message, while faculty in our department and other places at Montana State uh, set it aside, or at most read the last chapter. And I was curious to know why.
1: I I was always interested in science, even as a kid I was a very curious uh, person, and I knew that I wanted to do science and I wanted to be a scientist. And I was particularly interested in molecular biology. I just really liked molecular biology and it just sounded really interesting and even almost mystical to me that there are these little molecules in your body which rules everything about you. My name is Borja Ardek. I'm a researcher. Um, at University of Wisconsin Medicine. I'm originally from Turkey and I have been living in the US since 2016. In general, in Turkey, when we say where we are from, we don't say from Istanbul even though we are from Istanbul because everyone in Istanbul is um, immigrants from parts of the country. So I am um, originally, I'm from Black Sea region and also eastern region of Turkey. Istanbul feels like home to me um, since I was born and raised there. <laughs> I moved to the US uh, for my uh, education, came to Montana State University to get my PhD in plant genetics, and in 2020, this year uh, in spring semester, I got my PhD, then I moved here. I was always interested in molecular biology, but not specifically in plant sciences, actually. So I got my undergraduate degree in molecular biology and genetics, and um, it was mainly focused on human genetics. So we did not even have a single class that we learned about plants. I was doing my internships as an undergraduate student, and I was doing internships in like cancer biology and neuroscience. Those were the things that I was interested in at that time. And I didn't even know about plant molecular biology or plant genetics. So I didn't know those are an option. <laughs> so, uh, but doing those internships, I was a little bit disappointed because I didn't really want to work with um, animals. Um, or it sounded to me really hard to work with actual humans, especially um, talking and talking with sick people, um, so I wanted something less, less, um, I don't know how to say it, but basically I really wanted something that I can connect to, but I'm an emotional person and I thought if I can, if I get connected to cancer biology or neuroscience a lot, I thought it might affect me quite a bit. Psychologically, I think it's not really easy to work on those fields. And I was exploring different options, and I realized um, I learned about plant genetics, and um, and I thought it's very good because um, it's a less explored option, uh, less explored compared to human genetics or other like other parts of molecular biology. But still, there's a lot of things that we need to learn. And plus, it's just really fun to work with plants. I think they are um, incredible. (laughs) The more I learned about it, the more I liked working with plants. And even though I had a background in human human biology and when I first started to my PhD, I was still thinking like, oh, maybe I can go back to human biology. Um, But after I got into plant biology, I just decided to stay here because There are so many things that we can explore.
0: MSU is an 1862 land-grant institution and so is Burju's new home at the University of Wisconsin, which is my academic home also. These land grants were a brilliant idea of the U.S. legislators during the Civil War, during the rising of the Industrial Revolution in uh, the United States, and during the takeover of Native American lands by Euro-American settlers. Now the 1862s, are realizing the community they were conceived to serve is not just narrowly defined as the sons and daughters of white Euro-American settlers. It's Native Americans, Hispanics, Asians, Africans, and many others. Berju is a well-trained molecular geneticist, but she understood right away the importance of the broader community that 1862 land grants serve. Most important, she knows how to respectfully listen to these people. Well, let's listen to Birju now.
1: Traditional ecological knowledge, I think, is very important, and I think it is in general dismissed uh, by Western science because when you talk to a Western scientist, they they generally think that um, even if you just mention traditional ecological knowledge. They think that it's not real science and they don't really respect it. But I disagree to that. It's because there is a knowledge that which was accumulated over so many years and we should not be disrespectful to the things just because we don't know about it or we don't understand it. And there were so many things like this in science. First, people thought that they... They were not science or they were not real but after a while we realized that they were real so traditional ecological knowledge was accumulated over so many years and it was around in so many years more than the western science so there must be a value there even though we don't really know or we don't really understand and especially i think with plant sciences it is it is even more interesting because plants and human beings were in interaction for so many years you look at the plant science and plant research it probably started a lot later compared to the interaction of plants and human beings we need plants to to survive we eat the plants we use it as a uh, medicine we use it even to cover ourselves and this was like this since the since the day that we started to exist in this planet. So there is a very special uh, connection there and there is a lot of knowledge that people accumulated over time. So, and uh, since we are still like very new in the plant science in the Western world, I think we just don't know about those things. For instance, I can give you an example like this... um, Echinesia plant. Um, It is a very, it's used as an immune booster medication now. You can go and buy the pills, and it has a lot of uh, immune boosting uh, capacity. Uh, But this was not known um, by Western people and Western science for a very long time. Yet, uh, indigenous people uh, were using it as a medicine. So, uh, they they also have a lot of uh, other types of healing plants like this in, in many indigenous communities because they know about it it's just true experience, they learned about it, we just don't know so I think it's just like there's a lot of knowledge there in indigenous science and like traditional ecological knowledge that we can learn as um, plant scientists and this can be in medicinal plants this can be in how to grow plants this can be in a different type of plants or plants with different uh, characteristics so there's so much to explore as a plant scientist in traditional ecological knowledge that's why i'm particularly interested in, in that um yeah so uh, currently i don't have a specific study that i'm uh that i am in, incorporating the traditional ecological knowledge uh, but uh in future if um if i continue to work as a researcher. One way that I would like to incorporate traditional ecological knowledge is that I would like to uh, study different plant varieties, for instance, which are used uh, by native people uh, to grow. Um, For instance, this can be like different kind of wheat varieties which are used by native people of Montana, for instance. And I wonder why they specifically picked those, if they picked it, Um, or why they, um, Mm -hmm. um, sorry, and another reason why I would be interested in these varieties which are picked and saved by native people is because they probably adapted to the land that they were in for so many years. So they are valuable also in terms of, um, in terms of genetic background because those kind of varieties have certain um, characteristics like for instance, it can be cold tolerance, it can be drought tolerance, which the modern varieties that we use does not have anymore because they got lost over time. So I am interested in traditional ecological knowledge to improve the genetic uh, variability and resistance of the modern varieties to stresses like drought, salt, or other types of biotic stresses. I think I can, the, the thing that I would like to share with people, I would, I would suggest people to be open-minded and also um, curious about all ways of knowing and all ways of learning. In Montana, there are a lot of uh, native communities, uh, indigenous communities, there are a lot of Native American reservations so one advantage of montana students at montana state is that they can directly go to these reservations meet with the native people and learn about traditional ecological lo- knowledge from from these people one interesting thing to me that uh, american students had no idea about this like they did not know about native American cultures. I also didn't know anything about Native American culture but I'm Turkish so I was like I did not grow up here so it was uh, not weird for me to not to know that but when I realized that Native uh, American students know as much as myself then I was like oh this is a little bit weird because they should know better. So. So schools definitely need to incorporate this knowledge.
0: Thank you so much, Birju. Wherever you are, land-grant university, academia, or outside, you will quietly, I know, and respectfully, bring these messages of a revolution going on in our communities and in academic areas, learning to recognize each other. Now we must let the embers burn down at the campfire over here at Picnic Point in Madison, Wisconsin, and travel back west to the campfire in Wyoming in Fort Washakie. We'll be sitting in this next session just outside the teepee of Jason Baldus and his wife, Patty. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another episode in The Quiet Revolution, Ways of Knowing. Let us hear from you. You can write us at our email, the Quiet Revolution Podcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. And thank you for listening.